Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks, a podcast where we talk all things pop culture, of course, while sipping on a beverage, alcoholic usually, but sometimes we mix it up. So, Anna, how are you doing? Actually, I am mixing it up. today as you do (laughs) i was really excited about today because i have some new ingredients i was gonna try for a new drink that i haven't tried (laughs) yet yes yes but like like, earlier today i wasn't really feeling well so i just decided i'll save it for next week i don't know how it would make me feel like the alcohol make me feel so i'm having a lovely lipton diet green tea citrus (laughs) full of antioxidants and vitamin c so how healthy (laughs) yeah it's very good i highly recommend the drink if you're like i love green tea and even if you don't like green tea i feel like you would like it yeah no i agree yeah i've had that one i i guess i had that when i was a kid and for some reason my family and then everyone else i knew who drank that all agreed that the diet green tea was better than the regular (laughs) I've never even had the regular because I'm the kind of person who I'm like why drink my calories when I could get zero calories again not not the great healthy choice but (laughs) yeah I've never actually had the real sugar yeah Lipton green tea do you like the mixed berry one I've never had it I feel like I've only had the I guess the original yeah I haven't ventured out into the flavors (laughs) As far as I know, or at least the options that I've seen at my local store is just the mixed berry and the green tea citrus. I personally like the green tea citrus. The mixed berry to me is just kind of okay, but Mm. it's nice because it's, you know, something different aside from like a soda. So I felt like I needed some vitamins. So we're sticking with that. (laughs) What about you? Well, I am enjoying a kind of new cocktail for me. Definitely new for the podcast. I haven't had it on here yet. I think I was inspired by some YouTubers I watch, Julian Hunter Havens, if anyone's interested, because they like to try different cocktails and like make a lot of them at home. Mm-hmm. First of all, I learned what a greyhound is. It's just grapefruit and vodka. I've heard of a salty dog but I never knew like what it was Mm -hmm. and uh, apparently a salty dog is a greyhound with a salt rim (laughs) so okay very complex but so I'm having a salty dog tonight because I do have the salt rim and it's very easy the only thing that you know takes any effort is using freshly squeezed grapefruit juice because let me tell you I think I learned my lesson on grapefruit juice and like people always emphasize you got to have fresh mm-hmm. I get that but a lot of times you skimp I'm not going to skimp on this again because if you remember when I was suggesting to you some tequila drinks I mentioned that we had made a Paloma before mm-hmm. that calls for grapefruit juice and we used like whatever kind you get in the bottle that you know people drink straight and it was so bitter yeah I've never understood how people just drink that straight from the bottle so we made this with grapefruits and squeezed them ourselves and I'm like now this grapefruit 
juice I could drink yeah. straight. It really does make a difference. It's worth the effort. Get yourself a reamer or a juicer and do it. It's worth it. As always, I eyeballed the vodka. <laughs> I've got my good old Tito's and then, yeah, some fresh grapefruit juice and a salt rim. And for anyone who follows along on our Instagram, I recently posted a reel actually showing how to make this. In that, I made a salty sweet dog because for the rim, I did salt and sugar because sugar on grapefruit is really good. Sweet and spicy. Yes, you know, <laughs> just kicking it up a notch. Oh, yeah. Um, so if you want to see the drink and how to do it yourself, just check it out on our Instagram. I'm excited to try it. And it's always good to hear people validate what advice you need, you know? So it's good to know fresh is best if you can do it. Yeah. I would be honest and say like, okay, you can skimp on this, but it's really worth it. Like having had that Paloma compared to this, like I could drink 20 of these. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, what have you been watching or consuming lately? Actually, this isn't anything new, but it's been really fun. It was a new experience for us. So like many people, we have not been to the movie theater in a while. And our movie theater recently reopened. So myself and a few friends We went to see Lord of the Rings Return of the King in theaters because it was re-released for the 20th anniversary. And that was a blast. Oh, I bet it was so fun. It was so fun. I mean, I haven't seen that trilogy in I don't even know how long. A few years for sure. I obviously have never seen it in theaters. I wasn't into those movies when they were out. I really only watched them really as an adult for the first time and they re-released them because the 20th anniversary is this year it was just completely different experience in the movie theater because you have like i feel like i'm i'm completely invested in the in the movie i have no distractions no dogs trying to jump on my lap my 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 phone's not ringing off the hook because i don't have it with me just everything about it is great. The sound is great. And I remember one of the the bigger, like the climactic parts in like, I don't know which part it was, but something really big was happening. And literally like I felt like the sound, if that makes sense. Yes. Like it's so intense and so loud not in a bad way but like you know you just feel it in your bones and your the vibrations yeah exactly (laughs) so it was like such a different experience and I freaking love the soundtrack for the trilogy it's amazing by Howard Shore if anyone's interested like I talked about the soundtrack show did a whole series on it so highly recommend yeah like even the music just sounds amazing in those speakers because it's just like you feel like you're in that world even though you're sitting in your recliner (laughs) chair <laughs> yeah but it's true like you're out there in, in middle earth yeah exactly <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm living this moment this three hours I'll be in middle earth right now mm-hmm. and then go back mm-hmm. to real life but at the end of that movie into the west plays which is like the like the climactic song and that's actually the song that I walked down the aisle to so oh yeah I kind of like teared up a little bit because I was like oh my gosh it sounds so beautiful like I love that (laughs) and I, I don't know like I'm one of those people that 
I am a movie theater like purist. Like I never want to see it go away. So this past, you know, 2020 has been fearful for me because I'm just like scared they're going to close. And I feel like going to movies is such an experience. And you're seeing the movie, in my opinion, the way it's supposed to be seen. Because it's created for that, usually. So, yeah, just, like, hearing the music. So, it it plays in the movie, and then it also plays in the credits. So, we're all just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I knew at the time at your wedding that that was from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, I really didn't know what I wanted to walk down the aisle to. I knew I didn't want to do, like, the traditional, like, Here Comes the Bride. I do like that song, and it is beautiful. I I just don't really have a personal connection to it, like some other people who just, like, that's what they dream about. So I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And then uh, Steve and my now husband he was the one who was like well I really like this song from Lord of the Rings and I feel like it can be symbolic because Into the West is is about the end of the third movie when all the elves and the people who are brought with the elves are going into the West into you know their afterlife pretty much and so it was it kind of felt symbolic because it's like me walking down the aisle into a new chapter of life being now married or whatever so anyway it's really beautiful my friend played it on piano and oh I love it that's wonderful I love that now I'm gonna have to rewatch all the Lord of the Rings movies and hear that song in there myself yes that's awesome and I'm totally with you about movie theaters that there's just something about that experience that you don't get anywhere else and I feel like now that we can start to go back everyone's first experience in a movie theater is going to be more impactful than maybe Mm -hmm. it has in the past because it's gonna be like oh my gosh this is way different than watching it on my bed (laughs) right you know yeah and I feel like it's gonna be kind of like what was your first movie you saw after 2020 yeah what was the first vacation you took after 2020 or something it's like all these things that we've missed that we never knew we would miss Mm-hmm. and now yeah. it's like I mean that was already going to be memorable for me to see that in theaters mm-hmm. but like yeah for that to be my my first movie back was pretty good yeah you don't realize wow I miss those sticky floors <laughs> and overpriced ices and yes. popcorn mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yep won't take it for granted well I unfortunately have not gotten to go to the movie theater yet so well, you need to choose wisely. You want it to be a good movie. You're right. You know, I'm not going to go risk it. Yeah. On some like crappy movie. You're right. I need to make sure it's a good one because this is going to reintroduce me to the theater. <laughs> A.K.A. Malco. Um, <laughs> as far as watching anything new, I haven't really been doing that yet. That's all right. Yeah, it's OK. You know, it's hard to watch a new thing every single week. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. Like, y'all need to give us some grace, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of having, like, I guess, new things to talk about, I've been either rewatching or, like, watching more of things that I've already mentioned here. Mm-hmm. But, like, my mom has started watching Younger, so nice. I've been rewatching a lot of that with her. And that's been fun because, like, a lot of it I forgot. 
Um, and it's, it's a very rewatchable show. My roommates and I have been watching some catfish episodes. Nice. You know, I don't know if you inspired me or what <laughs> happened. It just somehow, I guess, was suggested and we started. And there's just some great episodes. Like we're watching some from like the last couple seasons. And it's crazy to me how many episodes are in a season. It's like 40 episodes. I know. It season. is like insane there's a lot of people getting catfish (laughs) yeah it's true okay (laughs) but they're all fascinating and sometimes I feel really bad for the people sometimes I'm like what are you doing (laughs) it's just really it's a good good watch and then I'm back on my married at first sight grind nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) one of our early episodes I talked about Married at First Sight and how I had watched like five seasons during lockdown Mm -hmm. and then I got really burned out on it and so this is my first one back in it so I'm watching like season nine right now I think and it's so good this might I I don't know how it ends I don't know if any of these people end up together but this might be the best season yet oh good I'm gonna go ahead and call it that if you are interested at all in watching Married at First Sight you need to watch season nine I think that's a good one to start with because most of the people are likable and you're kind of rooting for the couples even if you're kind of like I don't know if this is healthy or not. (laughs) Yeah. It's been really good. So this is a good one to start with. It was on Netflix until a few days ago, and now it's available just on Hulu, from what I know. Mm -hmm. So sorry that they took it off of that. I don't know why. Don't blame me. But you can watch it on Hulu. But I'm really into it again. Yeah. Back in the mood. (laughs) That's Sometimes you have to, like, take a break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. come back. Yeah, yeah, especially with those shows that are so have so many seasons or something like that. Yeah, yes, I feel that. and like it's different people, but it's it's the same thing over and yeah. over. You know, <laughs> it's the same concept. They're doing the same thing, so sometimes you just gotta leave and then come back. Yeah. Speaking of things that have left and will hopefully come back soon. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. That one I'm proud of. Okay, that was a good one. Every week. Anna and I give one reason why we should be on The Amazing Race. So, Anna, what do you have for us this week? Well, one of the many reasons we should be on The Amazing Race is because we are both very determined people. That's correct. So, (laughs) yes, it is. I don't even know where you're going with it, but I agree. (laughs) So, story time here. Just to give you an example, a personal example, Callan was not involved, but there are plenty of other stories, I'm sure, of us being (laughs) determined. So, as I mentioned last week, I went on vacation to Hawaii, and you can go to make your landmark to see my other wonderful post that I made about it, (laughs) along with an entire post about food, because that's all I really care about. Same. Anyway, so... I am very much a planner. I'm a type A kind of person, even when I don't want to admit that I am, but I totally am. Mm -hmm. I like things organized the way they're supposed to be. I like to plan ahead of time. It helps with my anxiety. It's just part of who I am. It's it's something I've come to accept. So anyway, if you have seen any of the latest travel news with Hawaii, if you're from the continental US or the other 48, I think is how they say it, you have to have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of your departure to the island. And you're kind of like, okay, that's not that bad. Well, 
It's not that bad, but the state of Hawaii only has certain places that they approve their COVID test from. So, for example, Walgreens and CVS are accepted places, but a lot of like our local healthcare places that offer COVID testing are not a thing that's accepted from Hawaii. So you have to make sure they have the right test from the right place. I planned ahead like I always do with Walgreens to get our COVID test done. And of course, we got our COVID test done through the drive-thru, contactless. And then I go home and it's going to take, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Our flight leaves like 6 a.m. two days later. So, you know, I'm stressing out that like it's not going to come back in time. So I'm at work. I get an email saying your results are in. And as some of you may know, I did get my COVID vaccine before I left. So I was not stressed that I had it. We've talked about on here before. I feel like we both are pretty safe in our protocols. So I wasn't really concerned that like I had it, that it would come back positive. My concern was the results were not going to come in in time and I would be stuck. Right. Well, I did not consider that my results would be inconclusive. Hmm. Mm. So Basically, I got an email saying your COVID test was either administered incorrectly or something happened to your sample during transport. So they said, you have to get another COVID test. Okay. Well, I didn't get that email until I think 4 p.m. So four o'clock in the afternoon. Our flight left 6 a.m. the next day. So, hmm, I was like, okay, this sucks really bad. Well, long story short, there is not a place (laughs) within three hours of us that has a rapid COVID test that is accepted by the state of Hawaii. So, I had to sit on the phone with Delta Airlines. Delta, you can happily sponsor me. I was on the phone with, I was on hold with customer service for about two and a half hours. However, the lady that I spoke to was absolutely incredible. I believe her name was Amy. She was fantastic. Shout out to Delta. They did great. Like, to me, I'd rather wait longer and get somebody who will actually help me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. like be, be understanding. She was very understanding about our situation. And mm-hmm. she like, I feel like she went above and beyond and found a new flight for us. So we ended up leaving the next day. So we missed a day of traveling. Really, it was a day and a half that we missed. So then we had to drive to Alabama. So the place was three hours away, one way. We get there, get our COVID test. It's a rapid COVID test. The Walgreens one was not a rapid one. You had to wait 48 hours or so. So this one was a rapid one, which is great. It did cost $150. Ooh. Unlike the Walgreens one, which was F-R-E-E. That spells free. (laughs) So that kind of sucked as well. But... We tried to make the most of it. We went to Freddy's. Have you ever been to Freddy's before? No. I had no idea what that even was. But Stephen, my my hubby, he used to live out west and they apparently have a lot of Freddy's out there. And he's like, oh, they have a Freddy's. We should eat there. And I was like, I have no, that, I have no idea what that is. So we had it. It was a lot like Steak and Shake. They have like steak burgers and shakes. 
And it was really good. Yeah. I think I like it better than Steak and Shake. Okay. So, you know, we found a silver lining. But yeah, we had to... a new experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we had to drive three hours back home. It was a lot. That being said, we ended up making it to Hawaii two layovers later. We made it there thankfully. But that whole experience was very frustrating. But we were determined to go, especially me, because Mm -hmm. whenever we first found out, we were like, oh my gosh, really? And we like had no idea what we're going to do. We're like, well, should we even go? And it's like, yeah, we should. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I think that's just one of those personal examples that it's like, wow, what an annoying circumstance that literally you had no control over. But with a little determination, you can get it all figured out. And I think that's a trait that we have and that we can bring to the race. I am in agreement with you that we are determined, and this is a great example of you persevering through the challenge because the easy thing to do would have just been call and cancel everything and be like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go through all this. But instead, you found a solution. You held out during customer service and you ended up getting to go on the trip. So yeah, it's very frustrating circumstances, but I think it's great proof that if you want to do something, even if something pops up that is an inconvenience or a challenge or requires a lot of extra effort, then you can push through and still get to the fun stuff at the end. It's true. Well, I'm glad that you made it to have a a Mai Tai and (laughs) luau food and all that. Right, exactly. I say after last year, we all deserve a vacation. Everybody deserves one. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. (laughs) It's my turn tonight to educate on just a hot pop culture topic or really whatever we want to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. So I am doing something a little bit different. I wasn't really in the the mood slash couldn't think of a specific like show or movie that I wanted to talk about. So I decided because it is relevant right now that I would talk about a situation <laughs> that's happening <laughs> for lack of a better word <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I was waiting for you to say like a book or maybe like an album that you really enjoy <laughs> now I'm just picturing the situation from Jersey Shore <laughs> it is definitely not him it has nothing to do with him thankfully <laughs> thank goodness I know I, I didn't know what word I was gonna yeah. use so okay so I want to talk about the timeline slash drama behind the Taylor Swift record deal recordings, all of that. Yes. I love juicy gossip. (laughs) Oh, yes. Do you know much about this situation at all? I remember reading there was there were some disagreements and issues that Taylor Swift had with like her record label and some guy with like the name like Scooter or Skeeter or <laughs> something. I can't remember what his name was. Yeah, like there were some issues with him and like she doesn't have the rights to her own music and that was why she was releasing her albums again. I don't know. 
Right. I don't really know hardly anything about it. I haven't, like, researched anything. Yeah. Well, and that's why I thought it would be interesting because I feel like a lot of people might know the gist or, like, kind of what's going on but not really understand it. Yeah. I have kind of been in that boat. Like, I, you know, kept up with, like, her statements and things, but there have been things that I've missed. Mm -hmm. So, this is really, like somewhat of a deep dive there's definitely gonna be things that I probably leave out or if you want to look into the specific people involved more then definitely um there's a lot of good articles out there that give you a detailed timeline or little overview of what happened but for anyone who might be interested in like hearing what has happened slash who the people are and like a little more in depth than just knowing she's re-releasing music for some reason, then I thought this could be good. As I've said on a couple episodes in the past when we've talked about Taylor Swift, I have not ever been like a Swifty. I've really been on a ride with Taylor, but I feel like a lot of people have. <laughs> I loved her music and then she really annoyed me for a while. Now I'm back into a place where I like her music and I respect her. So that's where I am. Just full disclosure. So I feel like at this point I'm kind of an unbiased source like I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan who's gonna like totally be on her side with everything but I'm also like I think she deserves credit where credit's due and I do listen to her music so I'm gonna be honest about all that so before we get into the timeline I'm gonna talk about three people that you just need to know before we do this so Taylor Swift obviously I feel like (laughs) Most people know who Taylor Swift is. Mm -hmm. She's been around since she was a teenager, started in country music. She shifted into more pop and now is doing folk kind of acoustic with still pop elements. So she kind of does it all. Her strength to me is songwriting. I think she has Mm -hmm. amazing lyrics. I think that's what she does best. If you don't know Taylor Swift, then you can definitely Google her. (laughs) Okay, the second person that you need to know is Scott Borchetta. Yes, every time I see or read or say his name, I hear Bruchetta. (laughs) But it's not that. So he has worked in the record business for a long time. And in 2005, he launched Big Machine Records, his own record label. Taylor Swift was his first artist that he signed and signed her when she was 14 years old. So like OG Taylor, country, curly hair, guitar. This is who he signed. And obviously, he really lucked out with that one. Right. Okay. And the third person is Scooter Braun, a.k.a. Skeeter, (laughs) as you have (laughs) named him. So, he is a music manager. Over the years, I've always heard his name, not really known much about him. Mm -hmm. He manages a ton of famous people. So, these people include... Kanye West, Ariana Grande, Usher, Tori Kelly, probably most notably, he discovered Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. So he saw Justin on YouTube when he was 12, messaged his mom, and then basically 
pitched or sold Justin to Usher and Justin Timberlake. And we know Usher then became a big part of Justin Bieber's career and mm-hmm. launch and all of that. So really, he's to credit for having Justin Bieber now. He owns this company called Ithaca Holdings. It's a holdings company. They have investments in like Uber and Spotify And the main reason to know them is that in June of 2019, they purchased Big Machine Records. So we'll come back to that. With that purchase, he owns Taylor Swift's music, of course, as under Big Machine Records. So now that we know these three people, I will get into the timeline of the situation and what happened and I will read like the statements that I think are relevant because it's better than me trying to paraphrase it yeah (laughs) if you want to go read them they're easy to find online if you'd like to kind of get a visual in November of 2018 Taylor announced that she was leaving Big Machine Records and she was going to join Republic Records and Universal Music Group and there were Two main reasons for this move. That new deal with that company gave her ownership of any future masters. So Mm -hmm. her recordings. And also ensured that any sale of the label's shares in Spotify would result in a distribution of money to their artists. So this was like right after she came out with Reputation obviously had a lot of success with that and everything seemed to be fine when she announced that she was leaving so then June 2019 Scooter Braun bought Big Machine Records so they acquired them um, for 300 million dollars yeah you know pretty penny (laughs) yeah no big deal and so with that purchase he acquired her almost entire music catalog Mm -hmm. with her first six albums shortly after the acquisition was made public taylor releases this statement on tumblr which i will read interesting social media platform to use (laughs) I thought so, too. I feel like you don't hear much about Tumblr anymore. If anybody's going to bring back a social media platform, it would be Taylor Swift. So It would be. I, Tumblr was probably <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> Saw the most web traffic they had in a while, I'm sure. Did you ever read the statement Mm-mm. when it came out? No. Okay, cool. Okay, so this is June 30th, 2019. She has a screenshot at the top of this post from Justin Bieber's Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And it was a picture that he posted. It's a selfie. He screenshot it from FaceTiming a guy I don't know Scooter Braun and Kanye West they're all like laughing and he screenshot it and posted the caption Taylor Swift what up if anyone remembers the situation years ago on the VMAs I watched how can it you happen forget? live <laughs> how can you forget just a sad circumstance really very bad and looking back watching it live I was so enthralled that I'm it was kind of like when I watched the mess up the Oscar like who right my best picture. it's like so surreal that you're kind of like I don't even know how to react <laughs> <laughs> like you almost know you're watching history live yes yeah 
Yes, and that's a that's a weird feeling, it especially is. in like a pop culture moment. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know how to feel because in one way it was like kind of funny, like is sure. this really happening? Like in another way it's like, oh my gosh, you feel bad for her. Then you're distracted because Kanye is doing this and he's crazy and then you feel bad for Beyonce because she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's just like a whole yeah. a lot of emotions. And obviously now looking back, like how young Taylor was when that happened very impactful especially with how much older Kanye was Mm -hmm. at that time like it's unacceptable yeah so that that post was not great so she circles his face in that picture in her screenshot of Justin's post and writes like on that this is Scooter Braun bullying me on social media when I was at my lowest point he's about to own all the music I've ever made dang now I will read the statement so she says for years i asked pleaded for a chance to own my work instead i was given an opportunity to sign back up to big machine records and earn one album back at a time one for every new one i turned in i walked away because i knew once i signed that contract scott borchetta would sell the label thereby selling me and my future i had to make the excruciating choice to leave behind my past Music I wrote on my bedroom floor and videos I dreamed up and paid for from the money I earned playing in bars, then clubs, then arenas, then stadiums. Some fun facts about today's news. I learned about Scooter Braun's purchase of my master's as it was announced to the world. All I could think about was the incessant manipulative bullying I've received at his hands for years. Like when Kim Kardashian orchestrated an illegally recorded snippet of a phone call to be leaked and then Scooter got his two clients together to bully me online about it see photo or when his client Kanye West organized a revenge porn music video which strips my body naked now Scooter has stripped me of my life's work that I wasn't given an opportunity to buy essentially my musical legacy is about to lie in the hands of someone who tried to dismantle it this is my worst case scenario This is what happens when you sign a deal at 15 to someone for whom the term loyalty is clearly just a contractual concept. And when that man says music has value, he means its value is beholden to men who had no part in creating it. When I left my masters in Scott's hands, I made peace with the fact that eventually he would sell them. Never in my worst nightmares did I imagine the buyer would be Scooter. Anytime Scott Borchetta has heard the words Scooter Braun escape my lips, it was when I was either crying or trying not to. He knew what he was doing. They both did. Controlling a woman who didn't want to be associated with them. In perpetuity. That means forever. Thankfully, I am now signed to a label that believes I should own anything I create. Thankfully, I left my past in Scott's hands and not my future. And hopefully, young artists or kids with musical dreams will read this and learn about how to better protect themselves in a negotiation. You deserve to own the art you make. I will always be proud of my past work, but for a healthier option, Lover will be out August 23rd. Sad and grossed out, broken heart emoji, Taylor. Aww. I know. Man. Yeah. I mean, I read that when it came out. I was like, this is awful. You know... At this point, I was very, like, neutral on her again. Mm -hmm. I didn't really listen to Reputation. But I thought, you know, this is awful. And it's so true that any musician should own their music. I mean, to me, that makes sense. Like, anything that you make, you create. It just seemed awful as well that your life's work 
is being sold to someone that you hate and you're not even given the opportunity to purchase it. Yeah. So she posted that. And so that day, obviously, people were reacting. So celebrities took sides. Taylor's musician friends like Brendan Urie and Camila Cabello and Halsey, like talking about her right to own her music. And then Scooter, of course, is backed by his clients like Justin Bieber and Demi Lovato. So also um, Scott responded, Scott Borchetta responded to Taylor Swift's statement saying that he intended to set something straight. And I won't go into all of it, but he said that he alerted all the shareholders, which includes Taylor Swift's father on June 20th about an official shareholders call about the pending deal with Ithaca Holdings. He claimed that he texted Taylor on June 29th to alert her of the deal before it went public. And so he said, you know, sarcastically, like, it might somehow be possible that her dad, blah, 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 or management executive or lawyer, blah, 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 didn't say anything to her. I guess it's possible she might not have seen my text, but I truly doubt that she woke up to the news when everyone else did. So he did not take it seriously. Really just, you know, defending himself. He claimed that Scooter was never anything but positive about Taylor and that she refused to participate in, like, benefit concerts and things, like with Ariana Grande, for example. In a Rolling Stone interview in September of 2019, Taylor clarified she was never made aware of those events that supposedly she said no to, saying... Here's the thing. Everyone on my team knew if Scooter Braun brings us something, do not bring it to me. Which, I mean, to me makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, obviously, it's a no. Like, we're not going to work with you. On August 22nd, 2019, Taylor is on CBS Sunday Morning and GMA and says she's going to re-record her first five albums. In her contract, it said that after November 2020 she could legally re-record her music so that was her plan she said that's what I'm going to do she again was talking about how she knew that he was going to sell her music but just couldn't believe that he was selling it to Scooter Mm -hmm. this is one thing that I didn't really remember I don't really know how I missed it but in November of 2019 she posted on Twitter asking fans for help because she was planning on performing a medley of her hits on the American Music Awards. And Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun told her she wasn't allowed to perform her own songs on TV because that would be re-recording her music before she was allowed to. Mm, Gosh. And she also said that they were declining letting her use her older music for Miss Americana. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I know. Her own documentary. I know. It's ridiculous. And so she asked fans to reach out to celebrities who work with them in hopes they could help her get permission to play her songs. Which y'all know those Taylor Swift fans They're going to make it happen. I mean, they could probably change government policy <laughs> if need be. <laughs> Of course, more celebrities were reacting. The hashtag I stand with Taylor started trending. Mm-hmm. Her good friend Selena Gomez was 
on Instagram talking about the situation. A lot of people were speaking up and, you know, voicing their thoughts. Of course, they denied these claims, saying they did not block her performing on the AMAs or Netflix, and saying we don't have the right to keep her from performing live anywhere. They accused her of owing them millions of dollars and multiple assets, whereas her publicist then came out and said Scott flatly denied the request for AMA and Netflix and an auditor has determined that they owe her 7.9 million dollars of unpaid royalties oh my goodness (laughs) yeah okay so we need to get some better defense in here people (laughs) so she was given permission to perform on the AMAs And this is where I'm like, okay, can y'all not get anything straight? Because they put out a statement saying the Big Machine Label Group and Dick Clark Productions announced that they have come to terms on a licensing agreement that approves their artist performances to stream post-show and for rebroadcast on mutually approved platforms. So it included the upcoming AMAs. And, like, they don't need label approval for live performances on TV, etc. Mm-hmm. Right after that, Dick Clark Productions came out and said they did not have any involvement in this joint statement with Big Machine Records. <laughs> <laughs> saying, at no time did Dick Clark Productions agree to create, authorize, or distribute a statement in partnership with Big Machine Label Group regarding Taylor Swift's performance at the 2019 American Music Awards. Any final agreement on this matter needs to be made directly with Taylor Swift's management team we have no further comment which is kind of funny because it makes me think back to like when taylor said i don't want to be a part of this narrative i feel like that's what dick clark was <laughs> dick clark production he is screaming that from his grave like stop he is. he's like do not put my name in this right yes I'm like what on earth okay so then november 21st 2019 scooter braun breaks his silence like this is the first thing he has said so far he on is this. scooting over to the microphone <laughs> scoot on over (laughs) he said i haven't talked about this in six months not once i haven't made a statement about it i just think we live in a time of toxic division (laughs) i can't even (laughs) read this without laughing it's so ridiculous and of people thinking that social media is the appropriate place to air out on each other and not have conversations and i don't like politicians doing it i don't like anybody doing it if that means i've got to be the bad guy longer i'll be the bad guy longer but i'm not going to participate aka you suck you know it you don't have a defense so you're not defending yourself right yeah (laughs) um and he said he wanted to have a closed door conversation with taylor to hash out their issues and miscommunications okay so like you take someone like taylor who's like I'm putting all of this out in the world. Like, I'm being transparent. Everybody can see what's going on. When the people come back and say, we want to have a closed-door conversation... Yeah. yeah, it's sketchy. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of his stuff, but it's like that. So it, she ended up performing later that week on the AMAs. Some people might remember the performance or what she wore, but she wears this white button-down shirt. And the only thing on it is the titles of her first six albums printed on the shirt mm-hmm. in a prison-like font. Mm-hmm. Perhaps suggesting 
that she felt like a prisoner with her own work. Yeah. And there are other references in her music video, like For the Man. That's a great music video if you want to see that. And then a lot of lyrics. I might read some of the lyrics from newer music that people think is relevant to this. But skipping ahead, April 23rd, 2020, Taylor Swift puts former record label on blast for new live album. This I had also missed. So apparently on an Instagram story, she called them out for releasing a new live album without her consent. And she said, hey guys, I want to thank my fans for making me aware that my former record label is putting out an album of live performances of mine tonight. This recording is from a 2008 radio show performance I did when I was 18. Big Machine has listed the date as a 2017 release, but they're actually releasing it tonight at midnight. And she goes on to say, it looks to me like Scooter Braun and his financial backers have seen the latest balance sheets and realized that paying $333 million for my music wasn't exactly a wise choice and they need money. In my opinion, just another case of shameless greed in the time of coronavirus. So tasteless, but very transparent. Ooh, yes. The plot thickens. I know. <laughs> I mean, greedy, greedy, greedy. So in July, when she came out with Folklore, people dissected some of the lyrics and think it's in regards to this situation, specifically in the song My Tears Ricochet. And I will say I love Folklore. I think it's a great album. Mm -hmm. In My Tears Ricochet appears to be about her departure from Big Machine Records and how hurt she was when Borchetta sold the label to Braun. And the lyrics are, I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace, and you're the hero flying around saving face. Seems pretty clear to me. (laughs) Okay, now this is, I do remember this happening. This was really crazy. So November 16th, 2020 scooter braun sold taylor swift's master rights for 300 million dollars so uh a year and a half after he acquired big machine label group he sold her master rights to shamrock holdings for 300 million dollars this is the statement she released on twitter i wanted to check in and update you guys as you know for the past year i've been actively trying to regain ownership of my master recordings with that goal in mind my team attempted to enter into negotiations with scooter braun scooter's team wanted me to sign an ironclad nda stating i would never say another word about scooter braun unless it was positive before we could even look at the financial records of BMLG, which is always the first step in a purchase of this nature. So I would have to sign a document that would silence me forever before I could even have a chance to bid on my own work. My legal team said that this is absolutely not normal, and they've never seen an NDA like this presented unless it was to silence an assault accuser by paying them off. He would never even quote my team a price. These master recordings were not for sale to me. A few weeks ago, my team received a letter from a private equity company called Shamrock Holdings, letting us know that they had bought 100% of my music, videos, and album art from Scooter Braun. This was the second time my music had been sold without my knowledge. The letter told me that they wanted to reach out before the sale to let me know, but that Scooter Braun had required that they make no contact with me or my team or the deal would be off. 
As soon as we started communication with Shamrock, I learned that under their terms, Scooter Braun will continue to profit off my old musical catalog for many years. I was hopeful and open to the possibility of a partnership with Shamrock, but Scooter's participation is a non-starter for me. I have recently begun re-recording my older music, and it has already proven to be both exciting and creatively fulfilling. I have plenty of surprises in store. I want to thank you guys for supporting me through this ongoing saga, and I can't wait for you to hear what I've been dreaming up. I love you guys, and I'm just going to keep cruising, as they say. Taylor. P.S. For transparency and clarification, I have included the letter of response I sent on October 28th, 2020 to the private equity group who purchased my music. And if you go find the tweet, then you can read that and also see the screenshot of the letter that she sent to them. Then in Evermore that came out in December, there were more lyrics that people associated with this situation. In Happiness, the lyrics are, tell me when did your winning smile begin to look like a smirk? When did all our lessons start to look like weapons pointed at my deepest hurt? And then in another one, It's Time to Go, she says, 15 years, 15 million tears, begging till my knees bled. I gave it my all. He gave me nothing at all, then wondered why I left. And then says, he's got my past frozen behind glass, but I've got me. Now, here we are. I will also throw in that basically she she said that regularly, like every Every week they get requests for you know people to use blank space or shake it off like in a commercial or mm-hmm. a movie or whatever it may be and she decided that they were going to refuse all of those so she's been turning down you know thousands of licensing opportunities because the royalties would he would get a cut of that right and so she's going to not accept any of that until she does the re-recordings. On April 9th, 2021, Fearless was released, the re-recording, and I have listened myself, and I will say that my Taylor Swift phase was Fearless. Like, I loved Fearless. (laughs) Yes, so good. I'm not even, like, a country music fan, but I loved this for some reason. Knew every word, so... I recently listened to it in the car, still knew every word, forgot how good some songs were. And then, of course, there's a lot of new songs on there. There's something like 20 songs on there. Mm -hmm. And so all of the songs, when you go listen, because if you do listen to her music, like on Spotify, when they come out re-recorded, you should definitely listen to the re-recorded version, not the original version, so that the plays and the money go not to Scooter. It will say Taylor's version in parentheses. Then she's also coming out with previously unreleased songs like from that era Mm -hmm. which is really cool and all of those in parentheses will say from the vault. So it seems like she's making the most of this situation and turning a really big negative into a positive and honestly like as much as it sucks and I know there's money loss and all that I really think this is going to be nothing but good for her from a PR standpoint. Yeah. I mean, the publicity, I've seen so many people talking about Fearless on social media again. And, like, I was listening to that in high school. And it's mm-hmm. like, how many people have <laughs> made an old album they did years ago, like, 
relevant again yeah and it's like all these people are posting about it you've got younger fans who like did not grow up with that who might have listened to in the past but to some it's like new music yeah you've got kind of new elements you feel like you're listening to what she intended like you know this is how she wants it to be I was worried on some of the songs like would it still have the same emphasis because that's not what she's like going through in life like specifically (laughs) forever and always I feel like that's one of the songs of hers you can like hear her anger and her emotion at Joe Jonas lol (laughs) I was like okay now when I listen to this is it gonna be as powerful because Mm. Joe is married with a kid now and you're off with your new Joe so it's like okay are are we gonna be feeling this and it didn't disappoint me it she has that same anger and (laughs) frustration and I think she can really tap into it so yeah she's gonna do that um the only thing is reputation the way it's in the contract is it, it has to be I think like five years there's some rule about the length of time until she can re-record it so I believe she can't re-record reputation until November of 2022 so a little more time on that one so she's gonna do the others first and then of course all of her music from lover to now is um her own but yeah it is quite the saga that is the music industry is crazy it's also interesting to me the celebrities that have scooter as a manager and are on his side even though they themselves are musicians and you think they would put themselves in her place Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting and i mean i don't know everything i don't know the people involved i'm sure there's a lot that we don't know sure but all evidence points too they're you know greedy and ridiculous and she's doing what she feels she has to to own her music it's not like she's saying give it to me it's like she has the money to buy it Mm -hmm. and they won't sell it to her they wouldn't so it's a mess but I think it is very interesting that is super interesting it's so sad like you're saying I mean I can't imagine creating something and then someone else owns it and like you have to ask yeah. permission to use your own thing. Yeah. That would be really painful, I think. Especially for somebody like her who seems very much like a creative person and values creating her own things. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know her in real life, but she just kind of seems like that kind of person. And I feel like I would probably feel the same way. I mean, I'm glad she mentioned in, in an earlier statement that you said that she hopes that this circumstance can help future artists and can help them either find somebody who can help them read between the legal lines and like learn yeah long term what's going to be best for them that is crazy Whew. I'm really glad that you talked about that because I knew that she had re-released Fearless and there was all that talk about, is it like Mr. Perfect or something? Mr. Perfectly Fine. Yes, yeah. Perfectly Fine. And that whole funny thing about how people thought it was Joe Jonas and then his yeah. wife thought it was really funny. And yeah, yeah, I did see that and I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm glad she, it seems like she's made the best of a horrible situation and hopefully now I mean all of us will be more aware of (laughs) things we never knew if you're not in the music industry at all so it further Mm -hmm. educates us and Mm -hmm. I mean people who are hardcore Swifty fans will never touch those old (laughs) songs again they will not (laughs) I think it makes people aware of 
a lot of things and I hope that young musicians pay attention and really in anything if you are selling something you're doing or whatever it may be you really need a lawyer like don't just get yourself into a bind like Mm -hmm. you gotta have somebody who knows what they're doing yeah it's what they're there for it's kind of crazy like you said you know this is stuff that she has obviously written throughout her life and I would imagine as a songwriter your songs are very personal to you I mean it's your experiences and I think about like the songs on Fearless like 15 like that's such Mm -hmm. a sweet song it's like such a personal song it's like it's just being sold around these people like yeah that's just weird so yeah I don't know I think it's good that she's doing this and I mean she's gonna come out on top I think we all know that I mean the fact that he had it for a year and a half and then sold it he decided it wasn't worth the trouble anymore either exactly and he only wanted the money Mm -hmm. what you purchase and what you listen to like what you support what you stream that is supporting someone so Mm -hmm. we can all think about who are we supporting you know yeah it's true. I'm going to keep listening to Fearless because I'm just reliving my my <laughs> glory days. And there's some bangers on there, y'all. You need to listen. And I'm excited to hear what she does with the future re-releases. And I mean, I, I think, as I said, this is going to be good for her also because people who might not even normally listen are going to listen because they're curious to hear the difference oh, yeah. or they're curious of the situation. Yeah, so. kind of like you're saying, people who are maybe more country fans are probably going back and listening just out of curiosity Mm -hmm. yeah maybe people who have never really been interested to listen to taylor swift are now kind of like hmm I'm curious, like, how she sounds or, you know, I'm sure she's not losing anything too crazy off of it. (laughs) Nah, she'll be just fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about her. Right. (laughs) That was very interesting. I feel like we're now kind of trying new topics and I really like that because it's something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I really know nothing about it. So it was really fun to listen to because I think I'm a little bit more of a Taylor Swift fan than you are. I kind of had fallen off the wagon there for a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> right, uh, right probably over the last couple years but um mm-hmm. yeah I've always really enjoyed her and I just I feel like it's really rare nowadays to find artists especially in just like modern music and like whatever's popular it's I feel like it's just so hard to find someone who writes their own stuff and doesn't have like yes. 15 people working on their song mm-hmm. and I've always just really valued that she has that kind of creativity and I don't know it's just really cool. So it's a sad circumstance, but hopefully it'll have a happy ending. Hopefully so. And I'm sure the music she comes out in the future will be great and she'll own it. So even better. Yeah. You know, now she's set herself up for the future. And I mean, it's a bummer that it's didn't happen sooner when she was 15. But I mean, obviously she and like her dad, who I said is a shareholder. Yeah. Were reasons why Big Machine Records was even able to sell to right. <laughs> Ithaca and all of that. And so it's kind of like, really? Like, okay. It's kind of like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. <laughs> he did. I don't know if we've talked about it here on this podcast, but I know we've talked about it before that she really knows how to rebrand herself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you look at her first album, it was very much country. And then she transitions to pop. And then she transitions to kind of like a more hardcore, like she even has mm-hmm. some rap elements thrown in there. Yeah. And yeah. then now she's gone into folk. So, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool that she, I feel like not many artists can do that. 
somebody can be pigeonholed to where it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you could try to get into that mm-hmm. genre, but people are, you know, I don't know what it is. She just can make it work. I was going to say that too, that I don't know of another artist that has crossed genres like she has or as well as she has Mm -hmm. and definitely not in our generation or lifetime there's no one else that has done that um that's very special and unique to her kudos to her i mean she can write for different genres sing in different genres it's it's cool so yeah i really enjoyed this topic too i like changing it up a little bit i feel like it keeps it fresh this was fun to discuss um still very relevant but you know different than a typical like show or movie yeah i like it that was fun. Well, if you enjoyed it as well, then <laughs> definitely subscribe because we'll be coming out with more fun stuff in the future. We always keep it fresh with our topics. We don't stick with one thing for too long. So um, definitely stick around. While you're at it, leave us a rating and a review so that we know what you like, what you didn't like, what we can improve upon. We love to hear it all. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, via email, and also join our Discord um, and send us all your recommendations for what we should be drinking, watching, all that fun stuff. So that's all I have for this episode. So, as always, thank you so much for listening. We uh, greatly appreciate your support and look forward to talking to you again in our next episode. But until next time, I'm Callan. I'm Anna. I had the best day with you today. Aw, thanks. <laughs>